Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. to today's show. Today is Monday, July 6, 2020, two days after the 4th of July, which is the big holiday in America, although this year it was a little bit crazy. Um, Nothing is the same. It hasn't been the same for so long that things that aren't what we call normal are what's normal now. Um, Everything kind of changed. And I have talked and worked with, at this point, in this time, let's say since March until now, many different kinds of people. And I was so warmed in heart to see how many people were positive, like not positive COVID, but positive in their thoughts, in their minds, in their work, in what they're doing, in being home, in spending time with their children. And I thought, you know, nobody defines how we think. We can allow people to define it, but for the most part, it's in our hands. I know that we are this mix of the five closest people to us. So if we are around people who are compassionate or empathetic or caring or loving, that we also will have those traits because we have to get along to the closest people around us. Even if we fight them in our mind, We will be proven on the positive side of that thinking. So whatever it is that attracts us in life, whether it's positive or negative thinking, we will find people who are pretty much in the same neighborhood of thought. Those old sayings, birds of a feather flock together and all of that is true. If you're ever going to marry someone, if you're ever going to live with someone, if you're ever going to hire someone, hiring is a little tougher because you usually find out afterwards where they attract. But then you will know that person. They have made the choices that tell you who they are without words. So it's kind of interesting. I thought to myself, how far does it go? How far does positive beget positive? How does it help you when you're sick? How does it help you when you hear something that's the complete opposite of the truth? We are in a time in our world, especially in America, which is the lens I'm looking through because I live here, 
where the truth is denied on a regular basis and the lies are repeated over and over and over and over again so that you don't even question it and you just get too tired to ask any more questions. And anyone you talk to, no matter what they feel politically or what they feel about the status of the country, no matter what side they're on, because there are obviously now sides, they tell you the same thing about the other side. And I have never seen such polarization. So I thought to myself, let me dig a little deeper Because I'm not hearing positive thoughts on either side. I'm hearing fear, 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 fear. So the people that I talked to that were furthest away from even being on a side were the happiest because they had less fear than anybody else. So I said, okay, so now at least I know where to go for that kind of energy that grows our souls in this way because I attract to positive energy. I really don't like drama. So anyone who tries to put that before me and throw me through a loop, because I could see it, I don't want to do it. It's boring to me because I'm like, I've been there, done that. It's not that they're good or bad. They need to learn it for whatever reason they have. But because I've learned it, it's like taking a fifth grader and putting them back in kindergarten. Now, if there's something I didn't learn, or there may be another reason why I want to involve myself, even though I know the game, at the end of it, I come out and go, why did I really do that? That just sucked a year out of my life or three months out of my life. And I also knew it was coming, but because of the person, I didn't want to lose them. So I had to reel myself in and say things like, but I promised myself that I wouldn't do that to myself again because it does hurt my heart because the positivity is not there. It's not there. And I don't work well when I'm not there too. Because I know that if someone has drama in their life, they chose that. They made a choice based on what they know to this day. So they have a track of learning that they have chosen. I have not chosen it. I used to feel bad when I saw that, and I said, God, how do I fix that? It's not your job to fix it. Every soul has their own set of circumstances. That made me more positive because now I understood two things. One, it's not my job to fix anybody which I've been saying for a while, but I didn't know that for a long time in my life. And that they have their own set of circumstances. I don't know what they think deep, deep inside. I usually have a pretty good guess, but 
I don't know what they've seen all their lives. I don't know what shaped them unless they tell me. So I don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Again, I could guess pretty much at this point in my life, but I couldn't before. And even now, I I want to ask a lot of questions. And as I've grown, because I come to them with a positive heart, in the beginning, they're positive back because they start to emulate that. But if it's super hard for them to put on a positive show, they will come out at some point. Because positive isn't just, I just met someone and this feels great. That happens a lot in romantic relationships where the positive show is in the beginning and then you start seeing other things and you're like, oh my God, but now you're tied in. That's why I always say, don't sleep with anyone right away. You don't know who you're sleeping with. Don't know what you're dealing with. And at this day and age, it's probably the first thing you should know. Give yourself time to know people. In this COVID time, believe it or not, I have run into more people who have gone back to people they knew in high school and are rekindling romantic feelings because they know them. They know their history. And after the third time of hearing it, I'm like, wow. It means a lot to have met someone in their home at an age when they were more real, at an age when you saw them amongst their family and peers, because that was a positive event. So the strengths of a positive heart and soul how does positive beget positive? It doesn't need a whole thesis write-up. We all already know that when we are on a negative track, we're going down the pike. Unless we stop ourselves. And we also know when we feel positive without saying, oh, well, I'm being positive now. I'm going to do the right thing. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a positive heart. When you look at something, you know there's a reason behind it. Because what I do now, and I've grown to learn, and thank you to Christ for that, because he taught me in a non-judgmental, non-religious, non-racist, non-this, non-that way, everybody has their own job to do and their own things to go through while they are here on earth. And because of free will, we can choose how we want to go through it. That's one of our biggest choices. How do I want to live this life that I have? Oh, look, I have a name. I have a place to live. These are the foods I eat. These are the places I go. These are the people I attract to. This is the work I like to do. This is how I've organized my life. This is how I sleep at night. This is how I wash up. This is how I shower. This is how my house looks. This is how my car looks. All of those are our choices. 
So when somebody walks into your life, and they may walk into your home if you're close enough, or you may pick them up for a ride in your car, within three seconds they know more about you than you could ever tell them. And if you say things that aren't right or aren't true, but you may want them to be true, it will not settle with the other person because our surroundings, our surroundings are the snapshot of all the decisions we have made to that moment when we are talking or visiting or involving somebody in our lives. In this past two weeks, for whatever reason, I have been really weirdly accident prone. I don't know what, I don't know how the things happened. Like one, I was coming upstairs outside and I fell forward. And if I didn't already have a rod in my foot from breaking my toe, I don't know, the kids were little at the time, a long time ago, I think it was like 1997, I probably would have broke it this time but it was bruised and it hurt a lot I couldn't get the pain to stop I thought I broke it and then I I finally got upstairs in the house and I'm sitting there and my daughter's trying to you know tell me to do all these things and everyone's trying to give me their opinion and I'm sitting there going please stop talking because the pain is so much I can't hear you just give me a minute And I remembered when I was at work once and I twisted my ankle, one of the workers said, you know what, take two Tylenol right away and put ice on it. So I just did what she said that time. She was so helpful and I never forgot it. And thank God because I've needed it many times over. And I don't consider myself clumsy, but I probably am. And then yesterday... I making every Sunday, I make these Swedish pancakes. It's like our Sunday breakfast. And, you know, it, it's, we all wait for it. And it's the only day of the week that we make it. And I went to go get the oil, like I use like a avocado spray oil on the bottom of the pan to start. And I was going to get it. And I don't know how I did this either. I twisted my ankle and I literally fell in the air, landed, and my butt and my wrist hurt so bad. I screamed. Nobody in the house heard me. My son had his headphones on. He's working out. Nobody else was within the vicinity, but I screamed. Both cases, because inside my, my heart just thinks and my soul just thinks, oh, well, overcome, overcome. Not overcome like, oh, I'm going to overcome this. No, I naturally overcame it. The That first thing, that my toe, it was when I woke up the next morning swollen and bruised. And I looked at it, and I thought, but it doesn't hurt. That's so weird. I know it's swollen, and I know it's bruised, but it it actually doesn't hurt. I'm so accident prone. I actually have a pair of gym shoes that I wear when I injure a part of my feet. And so I thought, oh, so today on today's walk, instead of thinking I'm not going on the walk, I thought, oh, I need to wear my gym shoes or my, my, they're like hiking boots 
because they're my safety net. They're the ones that I know will work so that I can do my walk. And I did my walk. Six miles later, I come home and I'm like, wow, my foot feels really good. I'm shocked. Or I could have put my foot up, iced it, not moved for two days, which probably would have been what I would have done in the past. Only because I I didn't know the power of my brain. That happened on a Tuesday afternoon, and by Friday, I forgot that I even had pain in my foot. And Saturday, I played tennis for the third time in my life, but I still played tennis. It sounds like I'm so cool that I played tennis, but I don't know how to play tennis. I just took one lesson on a vacation three years ago, and I thought I was cool, and I actually played. No one could have guessed that just that Tuesday or what my foot looked like underneath those shoes. But I knew in my heart I'd be okay. Because I saw it. I was like, well, I'm not going to stay like this forever. I know that I don't want my foot to hurt. So let me let me just go on. I didn't ignore it. I didn't try to hurt it more. I just knew inside that, oh, I, it's okay. I don't need to behave in a certain way. But then yesterday, that one was a little bit hairier. Like I used my wrist to break my fall. I wasn't sure if I broke it yesterday. Again, I had to move everything to make sure. But I also took first aid when I was 12 years old. And I still remember some of the things they tell you. And I I made sure, one, I could move all my fingers, and two, that I could move my wrist the way it's supposed to move. And then I said, okay, it's not broken. But boy, does it hurt. And I fully expected to have a bruised bottom. But it just hit that bone. So I get up and I think, okay, the old trick, right? Two Tylenol. I couldn't ice my bottom in my hand. I wrapped it because I still had to make the pancakes or wanted to make the pancakes. So I went ahead and did all that. By the time everyone came out for breakfast, I'm telling them the story as though they weren't in the house. I go, geez, you could have came and found me dead. And one was, you know, too far away to hear. And the other one had headphones on and I would have had no help. But at the same time, I didn't get mad at everybody. I didn't get upset at anybody. I just knew that, oh, that's my body. I need to slow down today. I was like... There's, for some reason, I don't need to be leaving my house today, driving anywhere or going anywhere, because I seem to be intent on hurting myself. So I take the Tylenol now. I'm not really feeling the pain. I'm doing things. I did the dishes. And a part of me, I knew I wanted to go out gardening. So I go out, and I'm gardening, and I'm in the yard. <laughs> I'm in the yard. And I'm cutting like shrubs and I'm I'm doing all this stuff and my son comes to talk to me. So while I'm out there I have a hat on because the sun is pretty hot and it's been warm in Southern California. So I have a hat on and I get up and I bang my the top of my head <laughs> into a tree. And it hurt and I swore. And I don't usually swear, but when I do I'm really good at it. So I swear. 
And my son goes, are you okay? They didn't even see it. And I'm like, am I over here killing myself? Even when someone's with me, they can't see me. So instead of being mad and upset and angry, it made me laugh. And I go, you know what? If you don't mind, don't talk to me. You could stay out here. You can go back in, but just don't talk to me because I can't seem to put one and two together today. So he leaves because now he's not going to get to talk to me. And I just want to be out there alone in the first place because it is a lot of work, physical work. And I just beat up my body by falling earlier, but the Tylenol was taking care of that. So about 10 minutes later, another person comes and they start talking to me and I hit my head a second time in the same place. Before that person came, I was being really careful. So I said, listen, every time someone comes to talk to me, I keep hitting my head on this thing and my head really is starting to hurt right now, just, you know, give me some time out here. And they're like, oh, great, I'm just going to go out for a drive, and I'm going to do this. I said, great, bye-bye. So by the time I came in, I was still planning to go to Home Depot to get a hose and stuff, because I'm all into working outside right now. And I was going to go, and then I thought, you know what, with the way I've been today, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to go in, shower, and just watch a movie. And that's all I did. I just saw the signs. I just thought, okay, today is a day for some reason I can't see what's coming. And I made a, a good day out of it. And then I started thinking, that happens to us with other people too. I could have argued with people. I could have played the victim, I could have just been hurt and laid down the rest of the day. But something in me keeps saying, oh, well, just take care of it and then you could do this and take care of that and then you could do this. Because in my mind, I know that my body's going to heal. I know it's not going to stay that way forever. And I also know I'm not being reckless to where I'm really so excuse me, so hurt that it's going to bother me or hurt me further. But that one positive of just knowing I'll be okay created all the other positives. By the middle of the day, when my son said, are we going to Home Depot right now? And I said, no, I don't think I should be going anywhere today. We both started laughing because we knew it was true. We just knew it was true. That positive spin in everyday life not only affected me, but it affected how my kids see these events. Because this stuff does happen. It also happens in meeting people. We may meet people and we may see something that's broken. If I can see fixing it or I can see helping it or I can see supporting it, I can do it. If I can see past it, meaning, oh, I've done that and they still have from here to here, they need a special teacher for that. They need an experience for that. 
That's when Christ says, run, don't walk away, because you are not going to be their answer. It's not just that, oh, they're bad, and you need to run away from those bad people. It's not like that at all. It's just that you're not their teacher in that respect. But they may come to you at another time. And this has happened to me, because this has been now over 18 years of me doing this. Because I may, I will say something, and I may have left them with a thought that they didn't get to yet. And then they'll come back and they'll go, you know, when you said that, I, I get that now. They just didn't get it then because they did not have the experience. It doesn't mean they're smart or dumb. It doesn't mean one of us is further along than the other one. It doesn't mean any of that. All the stuff we put on it. But we can help each other by not forcing a learning to somebody's soul and then creating a rebellion from them to you because they think you're trying to tell them what to do. You think you're helping them. So you have to release them. Some of the best learners in my life, the people who learned the most from me, that were close to me because they're my family, they're my brothers, my sisters, people who've known me from as long as their lives, when I've had to release them because their stuff was coming out on me and it wasn't pretty and I didn't know where that was coming from because when you're raised in the same house with people, you think you're all the same, but you find out pretty quickly that you're not. And with one of my sisters, it happened twice. And the second time, she came back and she said, when you stop talking to me, that was the hardest time in my life. I knew it. I wanted to talk to her and I couldn't get myself to because what came at me was so hurtful and so hard that I knew it had nothing to do with me but it was very painful because the attack was on me. So because my heart feels that positiveness, I thought, oh, wow, Christ, you're right. Some people will learn more in my absence than they will in my presence because then they hear you. And it took her over a year. But I love her so much that when I got in that car accident, I called her to tell her, hey, you know what? I know we didn't talk for a year. And she was very defensive, just me calling her. I didn't even have to say anything. But I said, I just wanted you to know I love you just in case anything happens to me because today something almost happened to me. And I don't want to leave here with you ever thinking that I don't love you. Then a few days later, she calls me and says, hey, thank you for calling me and telling me that. This last year was the hardest year of my life because I had to face myself. I had no one to blame because you didn't let me blame you. Think about that. You didn't let me blame you. When Christ says, run, don't walk away, it's they need to find out a soul needs, and I've had to in my own life in some ways, have to find out that it all goes back to us. 
So when we know that and we choose to take a path that feels fear, doubt, worry, control, or guilt, or anger, and you just want to get your point across to everyone, know that you're injured. At least know that. I knew I was injured when I fell. That's so much easier to see, right? Your leg hurts, your arm hurts. But when our hearts hurt, it's exactly that same thing. You can heal it. We can heal it. And you don't need to know how. You're not an answer machine. You just need to feel that feeling in your heart that you can. That positive feeling that you can. And it's amazing when you can, you do. I still gardened. I still did everything. I still slept at the same time. I still made dinner. It's not that I'm super person. It's that I believed I could. And I did. Because I believed I could. What a way to start our Monday. You guys, I love you so very much. Our time is already up. I will see you tomorrow. Please be safe out in our world. It's a little... Upside down right now, at least in America. So I will see you tomorrow. Have a great Monday and great start to the week. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.